Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm Kyle Fulton. That's right. This week, we have a guest host. It is our intrepid producer, Kyle Fulton, uh, the man who we would not be able to make this podcast without, integral part of the Catch Up family. Um, James is in Vancouver. He has a short film that is premiering at the Vancouver, has, well, has already premiered at the Vancouver International Film Festival. So shout out to James being a, being a filmmaker. Exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Blowing up. Blowing up. He's out there networking, shaking hands and kissing babies, eating delicious sushi, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. I, that's what you do, right? That's what you do in Vancouver. Um, shout out to our West Coast listeners. So this week's episode is about... One of the breakout stars of this year, if, the, there's, yeah. if there are two major breakout stars of this year, uh, I guess three, three breakout stars of this year <laughs> uh, in the rap game, I would say, are Lizzo, Megan Thee Stallion, For sure. and this guy, DaBaby. 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 Very, very interesting artist uh, with a very interesting career arc and a super unique style and package for 2019 that really recalls of some... Some standout artists in a lot of different eras. Uh, namely, I think of like the 2000s with the baby. Just like his his outsized character and and cartoonish videos really recalls of like a ludicrous Buster Rhymes like kind of Eminem totally. vibe. Yes, which I think is part of what's really exciting about him. But before we get into that, we just got some quick housekeeping notes. Uh, you've heard us talk about it quite a bit. But once again, we are doing the first live episode of this very podcast catch up. We have. A guest by the name of DJ Academics. Yes, that DJ Academics. It's a big deal for all of us here at the Catch Up family and hopefully for you. So you can find tickets at therecroom.com. If you go to the entertainment section and uh, just click Toronto and go down to Saturday, October 19th, because that's when we're doing it. Tickets are only $10. Um, it's going to be a night to remember. It's going to be very interesting. I'm excited. I'll be there, you know producing a live podcast that's exciting stuff and uh yeah i'm super curious how this is going to work out i think it's going to be awesome it's going to be interesting we're going to talk to him about his career arc various controversies you know his uh his take on almost being <laughs> seemingly almost being beaten up several times um <laughs> i'm just I'm so curious about how he take. feels about that how do you feel about getting beaten up <laughs> what would you have done if they started throwing hands <laughs> did it. you know like so the questions that all people want to know. Uh, also, closer up is like if you're listening to this in the week in which it drops, this Friday night, uh, Friday, October 11th, it is Boosie Fade 40. That is the party that started it all. Uh, nice. James and I are going to be DJing at the shop in Toronto. And if you're in town or can get to town, you'll want to be there because, I don't know, weather's changing, people, people get rowdy around this time. And it's like, <laughs> you know... This is an aside, but I went to see I went to the Young Thug Machine Gun Kelly show here in Toronto, I guess a week ago. Yeah, and it was really it was a really interesting experience for me. Um, I, you know, for the last like however many months, I've been pretty sick of like hearing all of my fr like friends who are roughly my age, like people in their in their thirties, talking about going to concerts or like hip hop concerts and being like, oh, it was I was the oldest person there. It was all these young people. And I was just like. <laughs> Man, shut shut up. the fuck up. Take your old ass home then if you feel uncomfortable. It's like, shut up. I'm so sick of hearing this. Did that change when you went to a Machine Gun Kelly concert? Yes, it did. When I went to a Machine Gun Kelly all ages show, you know, I was there to see Thugger, obviously, but it was all ages and the Machine Gun Kelly contingent was there in full force. All the roadies heads were there. <laughs> That's a comment that's going to appeal to maybe two people. <laughs> Roadies Shout was out a Cameron Crow. It was a Cameron Crow show on Showtime that lasted one season that Machine Gun Kelly was in. Is that correct? Uh yes, I believe that's correct. Okay, yeah. Um, that, well, that is all that I know about it, and that Luke Wilson was in it. Interesting. Um, <laughs> casualty of the content wars, but yeah, I, I mean, it was interesting to see even that. Like, I don't know what I was expecting going in, but like, I would say like sixty percent of the crowd, if not a little more, yeah. were there for Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. which even that was like, you know, the brain expanding moment of just being like, my God, you know what I mean? Like it's, it seems like to me in almost every measurable way that young thug is like a bigger artist, which I think maybe yeah. he is, but I think just, I guess who's just showing up in the Toronto GTA area um, concert. 
That's really funny. This is a bit of an aside, but I remember when Bird Box came out earlier this year, or mm-hmm. maybe late last year, I can't quite remember, but I remember Bird Box coming out and it was kind of the first movie that Netflix put out where they started putting out these statistics afterwards, like 80 million people watched Bird Box over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, how is this possible? And I remember listening to a podcast or maybe reading something about it and basically saying how Netflix had done this really specific targeting in the casting for this movie where they were trying to hit every single demographic group but with representing someone in the cast with them so they're like all right we got sandra bullock that's going to appeal to women ages you know x to x and we got john malkovich for the older guides and we've got you know trevante rhodes and we've got Rel in it and then i remember them saying and then for young men we have machine gun kelly (laughs) and he was uh you know the ultimate representation that they could get for that group and then you know, it was the most successful Netflix film ever. So there you go. <laughs> wow. all, the, all the Bird Box kids were, were at the uh, ACC. That's so interesting about Bird Box is you can, it's so transparent when you see that, when you hear that and you look at the cast and you're like, oh, yeah. I totally see how you, what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, very interesting. But also, I mean, I will also say that like there was a part of me that was interested in the movie uh, because Little Rel and Trevante Rhodes are in it. Like, I guess that's the, I'm the demo that, that, that appeals to. <laughs> that's for me. Um, but I watched 20 minutes of it and I was like, man, life is so long, dude. Like to continue watching this movie for the rest of it. Like <laughs> life that's... is long yet. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Life is long. Any more bird box. You got to use that on good stuff. Don't <laughs> yeah. like, don't just fill up this time with whatever, you know? Right on. Um, but anyway, back to, back to this aside of yeah. an aside. But like, yeah, the concert was really interesting. First of all, you know, Michigan and Kelly crowd, uh, they're exactly what you'd expect. I would say uh, terrifying. <laughs> right how so just like i know what you mean but explain so i was talking i wrote about this in the boosie fade group but um you know when i was growing up going to concerts in toronto there, like i would say like most of the hip-hop shows that i went to you know we're talking like the late aughts yeah. i would say there was like there was this vibe of like you know what a fight could break out at any minute mm. so everyone has to be on their p's and q's you got to behave yourself. Yeah. Don't step out of line because someone will put you back in line. Right. And that was like a, a pervasive vibe of a lot of the concerts I went to in the in the 2000s, I would say. And then at some point, the audience started changing at rap concerts that I was going to. And it feel it started to feel like I was going to a lot more all ages shows. And a lot. And I think just in general, the crowd was different. It was What's a lot. What's the composite of like a modern rap going fan? It's like, I, I feel like it's like a very suburban crowd and like it's like a lot of people that it seems like you know traveled some distance to get there like you know over an hour i feel like so i mean particularly this Michigan kelly show but i think in general and i think it's just like it's a lot of like i don't know you see you see like the streetwear hype beast kids and it's just a lot of young it's a lot of young white people you know like that's basically it of various stripes and you know seemingly socioeconomic backgrounds and stuff but it's just like it's just a young white people and that can manifest that can make for a, a different kind of concert experience depending on where you are at the machine gun kelly show a lot of these uh young white folks were were like seemingly on hard drugs you know <laughs> like just people with a vibe that is like a little bit too turned up i would say yes uh, a lot of people wearing sunglasses um there were there was so it it, it reminded me of the vibe so i guess what i'm saying is that like when the audience first changed that I was, and I noticed it like in the early tw- uh, 2010s and I was going to shows, mm-hmm. it was like that vibe of like a fight could break out at any minute had changed and it didn't really feel like that, but it felt like this felt, it felt, it felt, uh, it could feel alternatively safe some nights or some nights it could feel like a little rowdy and dangerous in a way where it's like, it's kind of unpredictable. You don't okay. know what might happen. Yeah. And this Machine Gun Kelly show reminded me of like that vibe in the 2000s of a fight could break out at any minute, but in a way more unpredictable and more terrifying way where before it felt like a fight could break out if you like, you know, are rude when you brush brush by someone or you like step on someone's shoes and you don't apologize quickly enough or something like that. Whereas at this Machine Gun Kelly show, it felt like you could get into a fight just by standing where you are because somebody's going to bump into you and they're like zero to 1000 super quick. (laughs) it was like people i feel like there were people that were like looking for kind of like some kind of altercation or something that would like elevate their night from being like a normal crazy wild night to like ooh a legendary like night i got into a fight at the machine gun kelly concert or something like that it was like it was not a comfortable feeling so all this to say 
come to Boosie Fade. <laughs> no, this is this is this is so okay to bring it back. It's good podcast producer. My rambling ass story, but to bring it back is that you know Young Thug's DJ before he went on was playing like a bunch of like bangers to hype up the crowd. He did a really great job, um, and he was playing some songs that like you know we play at Boosie Fade and like fucking demolish the room, and it was like pretty fun to hear it there. But like the, my pervasive feeling was like, wow, every single one of these songs sounds better at Boosie Fade. Oh, because you have a better crowd. You have people that like that know the songs, know the music, and are like super pumped for to hear it. It's not just a bunch of dead-eyed suburban kids. I mean, that's basically <laughs> it, dude. That's taking, basically taking what... swings at a an apparition that they see across. The <laughs> Honestly, that's what it felt like, and it was it was really shocking to me how much I was like. Wow, I love hearing the song. I love hearing it loud. It does not hit the same as when it's at Boosie Fade. It's like, damn, you got to... So anyway. I bet Young Thug felt that too. (laughs) If he only knew. If he only knew. Um, But I guess all this to say, uh, come to Boosie Fade on Friday if you're in Toronto. Um, That's it. I guess also to wrap this all up, uh, check out our Patreon if you want to support the podcast. It's, It's your support that's gotten us to this academics level. Definitely. We have much further to go, and we're hoping to get your support if you can afford to. It's patreon.com slash catchuppodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and message us, which is like our Instagram handle is at catchuppodcast. Just want to shout out everyone who's been messaging us with the episode title suggested, like episode subject suggestions yes. and recommendations and feedback on the podcast. We are listening, and you're going to start to see some of these uh, these recommendations come to life in the next few weeks. Um think that's about it let's get into the baby let's do it okay so jordan when was the first time you heard or heard of the baby so i feel like maybe i i read his name a bit last year but didn't mm-hmm. really pay too much attention to it and the first time that i actually ever listened to him i just looked it up because it's in the boozy fade group it was february of 2019 yeah um i think that's when i heard about it It was definitely this year yeah i mean there's no way it wasn't this year for me because i can i can i know i remember the exact thread that was posted in boozy fade and how i was just like scrolling through the group and i was like let me just listen to this random dude Mm -hmm. and then i went on a youtube journey and was like just enthralled with him right but yeah I, i think the first song that i heard from him well, somebody, uh, I think uh, the first song I heard from him was, I, and I still think is like one of the quintessential uh, baby songs in terms of like understanding what his appeal is and what's so great about him. Mm-hmm. It's a song called Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. Which in a lot of ways was just ahead of the curve on the whole, uh, you know, uh, yeehaw agenda, you know, because if you look at the first of all, the song is called Walker, Texas Ranger, which, you know, there you go. Uh, which, for those of you that, that somehow don't know this, but that was the show that Chuck Norris starred in for years. Yes, the Kung Fu Cowboy. The Kung Fu Cowboy. <laughs> I don't Man, know. the pitch sells itself, dude. <laughs> I don't That's, know if that was the pitch. I mean, if it was, sure that would be that, fucking uh, tight as hell. Someone really into Kung Fu is going to get mad at me right now for about to putting Chuck Norris you. in that bucket. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, first of all, I, 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 this, I saw this, I listened to the song while watching the video, and the video is just like classic, what we now know is classic to baby. It's like yeah. super outlandish. Uh, it's very funny. It's cartoonish. Mm-hmm. He seems like a, an outsized character. And also just the rapping is so good on this song. It's like, you know, I think as we go, we talk about the, the baby's career a little more, it's it like I think one of his biggest skills is finding out inventive ways to tell you who's going to beat your ass or kill you <laughs> or sleep with your girl. Yeah. And on this song, he has like one of the best, like, you know, for me, what, one of the funniest ways of telling someone I'm going to kill them, which is involves the way he talks about putting them on a shirt. And it's like in the video, what they do with that moment is really, really uh, transcendent, I would say. Should we listen to a little bit of uh, Walker, Texas Ranger? Let's listen to a little bit of Walker, Texas Ranger by the baby. Uh, I got 20 on my feet. Yeah. Huh? That ain't the baby, that's my baby. Hey, who you? Bitch, it's the baby, what you heard about me? Uh, I put that nigga up, now nigga.
niggas acting nervous around me. I'm in the rental truck, sticked up like Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm on my grind like fuck a bitch, I get some pussy later. Don't even call my phone, you used to be a hater. Could've fucked your bitch, nigga. She made my dick so. I left from the jail, had like 336 missed calls. Oh, they wanna check on me now? You don't really love me, admit it. I'm with a bitch from the west side of town, I like my hoes ghetto and pretty. I got that on and I pull it out now, you ain't the only one with it. I'm trying to go get the cake for my daughter like it's a birthday, can you dig? They tell me they like how I do my little dance, I can't really dance, I be jiggy. And I'm about to hop on the flight out to California, Dodge when they got him in prison. I gotta go sit down and meet with a label, they better be talking some me. So a little background on DaBaby. DaBaby's real name is Jonathan Lindale Kirk. Uh, he is 27 years old, which, you know... Um, in the grand scheme of things, life as long as Jordan said isn't isn't too old, but I feel like it is a bit late in the game to like catch on as a huge rap star. You know, like we were talking about Chance the Rapper a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. who is I believe twenty six, and it already feels like his career is like apexed, and now he's too old and is like falling off in some way. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, for someone to come in as like you know a freshman class rookie, as we're going to talk about, and uh, you know get on this track at, at twenty seven is kind of an interesting thing. It's it's definitely atypical. You know, rap is a uh, rap is no country for old men. Yes, <laughs> and it's very much you know if you think about a lot a lot of the stars a lot, a lot of the new stars of the last few years are are considerably younger. Most of them are teenagers, you know, if you think like people who are kind of like breaking out. So the baby to break at 27 is really kind of a, a fresh thing for the game right now. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because one of the unique things about him, I feel like, and something I've talked to James a bit about is about how, like how ready for this moment he has seemed. Oh yes. And I think a big part of that is the maturity that he, that he has. Yeah. There's part of me, I, I know this isn't the case, but there's part of me is like, he, you know, we're going to talk about this as well, but he had such an unbelievable output this year, just mm-hmm. in terms of volume and number of songs. And I think that you're right. It's almost like he was building towards this moment. And he was already incredibly prolific before he started putting out these more mainstream records. Like mm-hmm. he was putting out an insane amount of mixtapes, but uh, just sort of the volume and, and the amount that he's packing into every song. I totally agree. It seems like he's ready for this moment and he's just going all in on yeah, every single track. So he starts rapping at the end of 2014. And is rapping under the name Baby Jesus, mm-hmm. which he uses for a while, but then decides to get rid of because it's like he understands that this is kind of a career limiting name. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> that's like especially being in the, being <laughs> being in the South. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's like, you know, it might trigger some people. Yeah, sure. Um, but I feel like he doesn't really real like, you know, at some point he signs with a label down there that's headed up by a former uh, radio promotions exec from Epic Records mm-hmm. named Arnold Taylor and the the label's called South Coast Music Group. But it's like, I don't, he really doesn't start making noise until 2017 when he kind of goes on a torrent of projects, releases, uh, I think like five or six like projects that year. He also famously went to South by Southwest and was wearing a diaper the whole <laughs> time that he was there. Like, I think I, that was the first time he ever came on my radar even before i'd listened to any so of you, his music. you'd heard about this no i just think that you told me to listen to his music and to watch the diaper video did i do that <laughs> yeah, I... i'm pretty sure you did it on this podcast you I... mentioned the diaper video did i and, do that and uh yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'll track this down we'll put it in the show notes uh but you're you were basically like there's this new guy this was when we used to do those things at the end of the podcast we'd be like this is what i'm into right now okay. this week yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were like there's this guy named a baby he i'm really really into his raps and he went to south by southwest in a diaper and just you know this probably says more about me than to baby but the first thing i did when i went home was just watch the diaper video and then i don't think i listened to his music for like four more months <laughs> It's funny because okay, even in in that recollection of the story, I didn't say check that out might the be video. <laughs> I didn't say check out the video of the diaper. Like I think, just like for me, I mean, I think it's entirely possible that I said that, but I also just know, like, I'm just like, I wouldn't be like check out the video of the di- of the diaper. I would be like check out I, some I, of the songs. I know. I, maybe I know. you just hear, heard what you wanted to hear. I, it's yeah. This is definitely you know filtering through my own <laughs> memory, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was more just like, this is something that he did. And I heard it as like, this is something you need to see. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Fair. Um, <laughs> which is like, you know, he he still calls it like a genius promotional moment, which I think, I guess, in some ways it is. It's sure. pretty interesting that his career was able, to, like, he's, you know, able to survive that in some ways. That feels like, 
you know, I mean, that's the thing that you do before you're on, before you're like well known. Um, anyway, and there's, you know, there's a series of mixtapes. There's a Baby Talk, Baby Talk Two, Million Dollar Baby, Baby Talk Three, Baby Talk Four. Um, you know, back on my baby Jesus shit. Like that's yeah, that's like six projects right there. And on top of that, on top of that, he's putting out these kind of he's putting out these kind of like Jack and for Beats freestyles where mm-hmm. he's doing the kind of like the old little Wayne thing and hopping on popular songs at the time and just kind of like rapping over them. And one that really stands out for, for me, and it's pretty interesting because like when people talk about the baby's career right now, I think part of the the issue is that there's so much music that it's like there's stuff that really good stuff from earlier on in his career that some people don't even know about. Like, and one of them for me is his Gucci gang freestyle, which I think is really excellent. And, you know, we'll get into this a little later. There's been a lot, you know, made of like how the baby's really good at making like kind of like the same song over and over again, sure. which I think is true. But I think like when you hear him kind of like try out other flows, you also see that his like skill is multifaceted and he's kind of only shown us this one side. But um, anyway, let's listen to the baby's Gucci gang freestyle right now. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Uh, I whoop a nigga ass like I'm Pootie Tang. Bitch. You ever made a diss song, you a lame. Uh, and if you're fucking with the lame nigga, you the same. Uh, I'm with my baby mama at the shooting range. Uh, I had to show her how to shoot the 40. Uh, on Instagram, kissing on my daughter. Uh, before I tell the judge, I tell the lawyer. Uh, Running red lights in the rentals. Uh, selling bounce for cheek, I'm get em. Uh, Big gelato, where you get it? Uh, it's different colors, like some Skittles. Uh, and none of this shit be new to me. Uh, no, you couldn't take the pressure, boy, if you was me. Uh, Your baby daddy rockin' fake ass jewelry. I can spot a fake chain, he ain't fooling me. I got these nigga hollering where the nigga came from. Roger homeboy shot a nigga with the same gun. Your bitch trippin', call me by my middle name on Instagram. My baby mama hollering, where she learn your name from? Uh, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Keep a gun on me like a shooting gang. Uh, my bitch from the hood like Keisha. Another really standout moment from his 2017 catalog for me is a song from his Back on My Baby Jesus shit tape. Um, It's a song called Pull Up Music. And in a lot of ways, it's like a pretty standard like trap rap kind of gangster rap song uh, in the sense that and video Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's like a shirtless uh, DaBaby hanging around with a bunch of his friends. Who are you know wearing bandanas on their faces and black shirts and carrying uh, a, an arsenal that would I don't know terrify many <laughs> nations <laughs> like entire you know, countries yeah an entire an entire country's army would probably be terrified but um for me there's the, the song is kind of done in two parts at the halfway point it kind of has a beat switch and the baby switches up the flow mm-hmm. and the second half of the song to me is like really incredible because it's like for me like i think what you can hear in him here is not just like a kind of like playful way with words but also just the ability to kind of just a unmistakable presence you mm-hmm. know and also sense of humor even it even if it's stone-faced it's like there's there's something sharp and kind of alive in his rapping and writing in this in this kind of context yeah one talent that i i really find that he has is often his style or his cadence doesn't match the subject matter. And this can go both ways. I find that he is a really good talent for talking about really serious things in a playful way. Or mm. And then in the inverse, what you said, he can talk about... He can talk about really creative and weird stuff, but in a way that on the surface, you're just like, this sounds hard as fuck. <laughs> it's you know? so true. Yeah. That's really true. Um, let's listen to the baby on... The second half of pull-up music right now. Uh, they should have told you I'm coming. Nigga, play with me and Muppets. Pull up on me, think I'm bluffing. Bust it on you, yeah, you're running. Your bitch can get it if she want it. Oh, yeah. I'm killing your bitch from the back. I smack her ass and keep her coming. Hey, I'm a nigga, they a hundred. Police behind me, I'm running. I'm gone. My homemade yo look ugly. Uh, I don't do dimes, I do twenties. Twenty thousand on the Monday. Twenty. Thirty thousand on the Tuesday. Mm. Caught your bitch out on a Wednesday. Mm. She like my style, I had to choose her. Uh, Sleep on me and then you lose. Got a beam on the chop. Make you lean when I pop it. So yeah, 2018 hits, and it's pretty clear that he's on kind of like an upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. He releases Baby Talk Five. 
um, which is just like it's just insane to think of starting a series in 2017 called Baby Talk, and then by 2018 it's on Baby Talk Five. Like, this is my favorite of the Baby Talks as well because there is a baby that somewhat resembles the Boss Baby <laughs> on the cover, <laughs> uh, talking into a, a cell phone and wearing a little suit. It's uh, it's great. He definitely was like whoa, this Alec Baldwin movie is doing the thing that I'm always talking about. So. <laughs> that's, uh, that's in, it's an inspired choice. I, I absolutely A love it. natural progression. Yes. Um, but I think that the big kind of like, I think if anything really kind of accelerated this growth, Blank Blank really kind of like has, Blank Blank is a pretty, very strong tape. Definitely. This is the, this is the tape that has Walker, Texas Ranger on it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And um, so... I think this is I think this is actually another another thing that kind of like drew my attention to the baby is that there was a for blank bike he has this really amazing song called 21 mm-hmm. and a video kind of went viral of him at the video shoot for this so basically he's at this house in Atlanta which they've rented for the video shoot yeah. they're kind of him and his whole crew is there the videographers there their, their whole team is there and then I guess a guy who um in quotes, runs the neighborhood that he's in. Like, you know, maybe it's this guy's territory. Who knows what business he's into? I'm not going to speculate, but I'm sure you can use your imagination. And he kind of is like, he yells at the baby from across the set and is kind of like, yo, like you didn't check in with me. Yeah. And checking in, for those of you that don't know, is basically like the practice of playing homage. Where's your permission slip? Yes. Paying homage to, you know, if you're in in a city (laughs) that, and you're going to be expecting to be moving around, there are people who you know, in various ways run this city that kind of need to be made aware of your presence. Sometimes money is exchanged for like protection or for, you know, we won't fuck with you because you've paid your respect to the people that you need to pay respect to, to operate in these territories or whatever. Um, and so basically starts yelling at the baby, but not checking in and the baby starts yelling back at this guy. Yeah. And it's basically is like, is like, yo, I ain't no peewee. That's what he keeps he saying. Says that a lot. <laughs> I ain't no peewee. <laughs> and he's basically saying, he's like, listen, if you hadn't, if you had, if you wanted me to check in or you had an issue with the way that I'm like behaving myself here, you could have like pulled me aside and just said, Hey, like, this is not really how we do things here, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like wait till we're shooting the video, come and yell in front of my whole team. And like, now you're fucking up the video shoot. Like, this is not the way to handle this basically. Right. And the crazy thing about this is that when this guy, the guy who approaches the baby and says, like, you didn't check in, like, I'm gonna go ahead. This motherfucker's terrifying. You know, like the, yeah. The, the way that the baby handled this of being like of kind of like meeting this guy's like hostile aggression with a similar tone of aggression, but also kind of like a, a bit of like, you know, this is the way you're handling this is inappropriate. <laughs> it's like this is like unprofessional of you to handle it this way is uh, I would say amazing, confounding, alarming, exciting. It's like you get a range of emotions from watching this video. Um but I think the, the the main thing is that you know the baby is not one to to be trifled with. <laughs> no, definitely not, and we definitely see that in the video. And I think it's it's interesting. Like this is something that's gonna, and we're gonna talk about more stuff. But like the content of his music and his lyrics is somewhat incongruous with his personal life. And you know we're gonna talk about something else. I think right now, yeah. which which kind of leans into that as well. I think the interesting thing about that, which we'll get into a little later, is that like, I I don't know if I necessarily agree with you mm. on that. But we can get into it. Um, but first, the the interesting thing about the video that they're shooting that they were shooting when this whole thing happened is that the song Twenty One is like not like a tough guy song. Really, right. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like I don't know. It's it was one of my favorite one of my one of the standout songs for me from the baby early on because for me I was like okay this is him rapping about something that's a little different from a lot of the other songs mm-hmm. and he's still fucking killing it. Like it's like. Also, it's a great hook. I just, I just like find this song to be so fun. I love playing it at Boosie Fade. I love listening to it. So let's listen to it right now. This is 21 from Blank Blake by The Baby. I see only 21. Oh, Lord, Jesse made another one. I see only 21 and she a savage uh, My bitch so bad she made my head up be look average uh, I'm talking nasty, I call him my little baby uh, She call me daddy, but I am not a daddy uh, I see only 21 and she a savage uh, My bitch so bad she made my head up be look average uh, I'm talking nasty, I call him my little baby uh, She call me daddy, but I am not a daddy 
and still don't need them. What y'all paying for the bow? Cause I got cheaper rent. I be strapped up at my show, you know, I keep a yeah, so in late, uh, in late 2018, November 2018, he was in North Carolina at a Walmart with his son and his daughter and uh, their mother. And uh, he was approached by two men at the Walmart, um, you know, who it seems like had weapons and had the intention of robbing him. Uh, you know, there was an altercation that went down and basically, long story short, was that the uh, baby, uh, you know, shot and killed a 19-year-old man in the Walmart. Um, now he was initially arrested, uh, but was later kind of cleared of all charges. And, you know, he went on Instagram, uh, shortly after the incident had occurred or shortly after he was arrested and basically, uh, gave his version of events and things like that and kind of tried to clear it up. Did you see those Instagram stories? Yeah. I mean, I think he mentions in the story in the Instagram post, he's like, you know what? My lawyers told me not to talk about this, but basically what happened is like these guys came up and tried to press me, you know, rob me, threaten me, whatever in front of like with my family right there. And I just Mm -hmm. had to do what I had to do is essentially what the story is. And, you know, I know that really early on in his, in when he's breaking out in 2019, this was a thing that people like to bring up and be like, as a, as a, almost like as a thing that's like so exciting about this guy is like, oh my God, you know what? He also like killed somebody last year and got away with it. Yeah. Which I think is like perverse and fucked up and like everything wrong with, with like, you know, how people talk about hip hop. I think that, you know, it, it's, I, yeah, it adds to like, in some ways it adds to his narrative. But I also think just in general, it's kind of like, I mean, this is like a tragic thing. Oh, across the board, you know, and it's like, I think that if you think of like the history of hip hop, there's like the, you know, the 50 cent moment of talking about this guy got shot nine times and he survived. Yeah, that's a really powerful hook for someone at, at, at that. And it was at that time. But I think that just in general, um, I don't, I don't think that we should be valorizing or, you know, I feel like the less said about this part of his career, the better. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that initially when I started getting into, you know, when I was getting into him and his music videos, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, you know, they're very, for the most part, they're very playful. They're very silly and they're very, very funny. And I think that this was one of the things that I had a hard time reconciling was like, this guy obviously has been in some incredibly violent situations over the last year. And his videos are just so totally different and i guess at first that's what sort of i found incongruent or like didn't seem to match but i guess now maybe the more that i think about it maybe i kind of like the idea that he hasn't i don't think that he's tried to kind of play this situation up for his own kind of street cred or publicity i could be wrong about that but it seems to me that he's like kind of going the other way and trying to rap about more more sort of positive things although as you said there's still like a ton of homages to that in his lyrics yeah i mean i think that like for the most part in his career he hasn't really talked about it too much there's one song that kind of came out a little bit after um this whole thing that i thought where he references it a bit and kind of like in a sort of uh it's like a border it's not really i wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say it's a bragging way it's more like just kind of like this is what happened and like you know like i don't play around kind of thing for sure um but yeah, I think it's very, it's been very clear that his like, you know, label and the people behind him kind of want to like move past this and not make it a big part of his narrative. Like it's not something exactly. that he talks this about a ton. This isn't something that's going to be part of it. Or I don't think that they want it, the story to be associated with it in the way that like, you know, we were talking, you guys told that story about uh, Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy a while ago yes. and how, and Gucci really kind of leaned into the violence of that situation and made it part of his a part of his rap persona as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's also, you know, I mean, the, the other thing about that whole thing is that I remember, you know, Keisha Cole saying about Gucci Mane following that incident, that whole, the shooting incident with the, the people, the people that attempted to rob him that seemed sort of tangentially connected to young Jeezy in some way. Yeah. Um, or directly connected even, but that Keisha Cole says that that's when Gucci kind of like lost the plot. Mm. Like the fact that he like had like, taken this person's life didn't get the proper you know 
therapy or whatever afterwards and it started like eating away at him and then it manifested itself in all these other destructive behaviors right which makes sense to me and i mean from public appearances the baby seems you know not uh doesn't seem too too publicly shaken up about this whole incident (laughs) it's very very seems very matter of fact about it yeah but i think um nonetheless it's a good thing for him to kind of like want to put in the past um Let's actually listen to a little bit of the – it's like the fuck you talking about freestyle that the baby put out in January of this year. So very – like a few months after the whole incident at the Walmart. Ha! Fuck you talking about. Fuck you talking about, nigga. And I'm still the prettiest child of nigga oh, lies. I'm still the AKA best motherfucking, motherfucking rapper. AKA. And you niggas ain't really living like Slow me down for a couple days, but I'm back now. Hey. Everybody wanna be my friend, cause they know I'm living what I rap now. Uh-huh. You can tell the labels ain't a couple million, I'm still independent, I'm the fucking goat. I still got my 40 on me in the produce section, buying groceries out the fucking store. Uh-huh. Your bitch wanna fuck with a real nigga. You ain't buy what you rapping, I think she know. You rapping by gun, gotta use it now. Make her back that ass up like I'm drinking now. Wanna know if your boyfriend a whole nigga? Oh. When my shit come on, he cut the music down. She probably be like, cut the music up. Go make one of these fuck niggas lose it, huh? Yeah. I just made a bitch on the Money. Okay. You gon' give me that pussy on Tuesday, huh? Uh, I'm a dime, I don't fuck on the first night. If she bad enough, you probably do it, huh? Yeah. They surprised that I live what I rap. Reach inside my left pocket, do racks. <clears throat> Talk about what you don't do, that's cap. Yes, cap. Don't tell me what you gon' do, I'm strapped. Boom. Boom. Ah! What that was? That's how it sound when it go out. Okay. I'm stressing, I had a long day. Straight. Got some head before I dropped your hoe off. Uh, I don't park the car, just get out. Get out. Black blank still the hardest shit out. Uh, Wake up, pray to God, and dip out. Gone. They know I got that raw bitches out. Yeah. And I'm the best motherfucking rapper, man. The prettiest chocolate nigga lie, man. Baby Jesus, a.k.a. the motherfucking baby, a.k.a. thinking ain't on me. And you know. then earlier this year in March, March 1st, I believe. Yes, March 1st. Uh, the baby puts out what is ultimately the defining breakout project of his career, which is called Baby on Baby. Mm-hmm. And um, this is just kind of like a dynamite mixtape of songs and it's like a lot has been made of, about uh how quickly the baby starts rapping on a song yes and you start that this is kind of becoming his signature style it's like the beat starts and he's he's off and he's already yelling at you yeah it's <laughs> like, it's pretty funny i haven't heard anyone talk complain about the baby i guess he doesn't really yell but his voice is so powerful and his cadences are so it's just like muscular yeah that it really could be like, cause I, you know, I think of like when Meek Mill was first breaking out. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. That's he's always yelling, <laughs> you know, and I, I love that about him. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved his like flow and his voice, but I don't really hear anyone say that about the baby, but the baby, it's like, I also saw this one tweet that was like, you know, the song is at zero, is at negative 0.01 and the baby starts rapping. Right. Like the beat hasn't like, the song yeah. hasn't even technically started, and but the baby's not, rapping from the other That's side. not even a joke. There's like four or five songs on this record where he's rapping from the first second or the, the second that the beat kicks in, he's already rapping. So, which, you know, in a lot of ways is the definition of like, of like smart understanding the technology, the way that music people listen to music with today's technology, which is streaming and getting ahead of things like there's been a lot of talk about how longer long intros in songs are kind of on the way out because Mm. they don't play well in the playlisting era where you kind of like you know you kind of need to hit people in the face or almost right away to keep their attention or they might hit skip yeah and i i don't know if there's ever been a rapper that has like seems to have like girded himself for this era better yeah that's interesting i I agree with that in some ways. In other ways, when I first started listening to this record, what struck me was how sort of out of step it seemed to be with popular hip hop at the time. Like there's, you know, it's just, it's relentless in the speed and the pace of which he raps and how, uh, just how much he crams into every song. And in this era of like sing rap or, you know, the hooks have become more refined and a much bigger sort of part of the song than, than the bars have. Um, this was like, I'm just going to rap at you as fast and as hard as I can for two and a half minutes and then we're going to go to the next song. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I think it's also like this is like him kind of playing in another, another like him playing in a more untapped realm of like today's music landscape. You know, if you if you look at 
it's a baby and you look at his closest comparison point, which is Megan Thee Stallion, mm -hmm. they're both kind of very similar in the sense that they are like rapper rappers. Totally. They're two it's rappers who really enjoy and appreciate and strive to be rappers, yeah. you know, more than anything. If you look at the past few years and the kind of new stars they created, like if you look at like Cardi B, for instance, yeah. who kind of like, when she kind of got her mainstream moment was pretty much, I feel like pretty perfect in terms of like how her album was a and and how she kind of handled herself like in her breakout year and the feature she did, like the Bruno Mars stuff, like just like the way that she was like kind of like elevating her career. But the one thing you can say, especially looking at this year in Cardi's career where, you know, she must be so impossibly busy. Like, you know, everyone's, you know, ringing her line. She's appearing in like major movies here and like doing all kinds of brand sponsorships, but it's, it's, you know, the songs that she's released since her kind of like breakout incredible album have been pretty lukewarmly received, mm -hmm. you know? And I think in general, it's like, there's an understanding that Cardi B, like rap is just one of the things that she does. Yeah. Like that is probably not going to be her focus of her career in any kind of super meaningful way. I think it's just going to be another thing that she does. Mm -hmm. Whereas with DaBaby and Megan, I mean, there's obviously a big chance of both of them crossing over into a different kind of celebrity. I think they're already doing it. But it's very clear that they are rappers at their core, and that's kind of like their number one thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, and this, I mean, this, this, you know, the song, song Shug from this from this tape is like the baby's biggest song right now for good reason. And it's like you know, if you if you've been out anywhere when the song plays and see how people react to it, it's like it's pretty amazing. And I think it's always just really interesting and amazing when a, when a rapper can break this big without having like a super big cosign or being presented by another, you know, being propped up by another major artist or some kind of, I mean, you know, the, the baby's had some controversy which which is, which has accelerated his, his success. But I think it's also the strength of his music and his character, his persona, his music videos that have really kind of like elevated him to this position, which is like, is pretty rare. It feels like nowadays. Definitely. I, I, the thing that stuck out to me uh, is that he takes his music videos really seriously. They're incredibly well thought out, and and I I, I don't know. I think they're really good. He works with this uh, production company called Real Goats, and I think they've done basically all of his music videos, at least in the last few years. And um, you know, I think you mentioned it in the intro, but it's like it definitely has a flavor of like I, I remember watching the Shug video and thinking about like Busta Rhymes, Give Me Some Mo, or like uh Eminem's real slim shady video or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of comedy to these videos. Like if you haven't seen this one, you should go watch it. It's it's pretty great. But essentially um you know DaBaby is spends most of it wearing like this giant muscle shirt in order to look more like Suge Knight and then walks around uh kind of a boring kind of corporate office setting, uh slapping people off of chairs and <laughs> There's one scene where he slaps a guy off the chair and then looks down at the seat and there's a pile of, <laughs> of poo on the chair and I don't know where that poo came from but because <laughs> the guy's pants were still on but it's just one of the mysteries of this video and it's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the standouts, there's a lot of songs on here that you've probably heard already but I think one that really is fun for me to listen to and really just I, I think just a strong display of like the baby skills is the song babysitter with offset yeah this is like this man is just snapping man it's like it's the flow it's his voice it's his cadence it's just so powerful and pretty unique you know and uh let's just listen to a little bit of the baby's part from babysitter with Offset. do not fuck the babysitter <laughs> You know I ain't come to play this Turn easy. Me up, snapping off the rip. Yo, say I'm a favorite nigga. Ha. You probably don't want to let your baby mama no, take please. a picture. Why? Cause I'm the type of baby that's gon' fuck Why? the babysitter. Ah. I just did a show and put up laughing on the hate nigga. Ha. Them bitches hit me, they drop fast. I'm on these rapper niggas' ass. I put that 40 out, he better have an angel with ah. him. You tryna book me for a show, you gotta pay me before I go. We feed the family, I ain't got no time to play with niggas. You see? I see these niggas think they tough. You play with me, you know it's up. You think it's sweet, then call my bluff and I'm a spanking nigga. Yeah. Fuck all them niggas yeah. and whoever they got hanging with. So one thing that uh, we haven't touched on yet that became very apparent in 2019 was DaBaby had one of the all-time great kind of 
debut feature years considering this is like the year that he broke out Mm -hmm. he was on everybody's songs this year he uh was on you know the the truth hurts remix with lizzo Mm -hmm. uh he was on the panini remix with lil nas x Mm -hmm. um he's on the chance album he was on the chance album yes and um you know chances on his new album uh he was on under the sun with uh with the dreamville crew Mm -hmm. with j cole and and those guys uh the other fellow north carolinan fellow north carolina i didn't really we didn't really talk about this but North Carolina is kind of having a big moment right now uh-huh. with him and YBN Corday and Dreamville and you know J Cole has been around for a while. But I remember growing up like North Carolina wasn't exactly like the rap hotbed that I can remember. I was trying to think of North Carolina rappers from when I was growing up. I was the only ones I could think of were Little Brother. Well, but yeah, there, there's one one guy who we're, we're forgetting and we shouldn't, and that's a man by the name of Petey Pablo. <laughs> Peter Pablo. I don't know. If that's actually what the PD is for. <laughs> Um, no, I'm it's sure not. it is. It's not. His, his real his government name is Moses. So okay. there you go. But uh, Pete Pablo, North Carolina, come on and raise up. You know. Yeah. Um, we've already we've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm just going to mention it again. Pete Pablo of uh, of the iconic song "Raise Up" made a post 9/11 version that was like a pro USA jam. That was like USA, come on and raise up, take a flag. Put it in the air, spin it like a helicopter. And you know what? God bless him. We're putting that one on the ra- Mount Rushmore of our favorite songs, along with <laughs> Rap is Crap by those wrestlers. The West Texas Rednecks, baby. Um, anyway, so this incredible breakout year, all these amazing features. He is announced as a member of the 2019 XXL freshman list. He uh, does a bunch of really outstanding radio freestyles, does one on Funk Flex, Funk does Flex one for the LA really Leakers, good. just this kind of really, you know, you want to talk about somebody who's ready for, for their close-up? He was out here, like, take kicking ass and taking names all year, bodying yeah. everything that he touches, you know, even things that you feel like, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned, like, the, the Truth Hurst remix and the Panini remix, and it's like, both of those, like, you know, did we really need them? No. Did he show up and perform capably and admirably considering the context is kind of like a little bit cringy in some ways? Yes. Like, yeah. And he, he's a perfect feature artist. Just his style is so complimentary to just coming in, doing his thing for like 45 seconds to a minute and then getting out. Um, and, and, you know, in many ways, I don't know we're, we're going to get to this, but I think it's kind of what he's best suited to. Mm-hmm. It's almost in that, you know, it's a similar comparison to what we talked about with Nicki Minaj a few weeks ago where she's an incredible feature artist. Um, and I'm still kind of on the fence about if they can kind of carry that talent over into their album work. Fair. So transition. The baby puts out his, uh, his debut album, which is called Kirk Kirk, his last name. Um, I was kind of hoping that Kirk was his first name. (laughs) <laughs> because i'm like i'm just really into rappers having names that you're like wait what <laughs> um Who's anyway the coolest guy ever named kirk mm, kirk franklin the right. gospel singer <laughs> okay that's it kirk, let's move on kirk heinrich the <laughs> basketball player he um, was the least cool basketball player as i can recall he's pretty cool at kansas i guess I, th- I think that's 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 where it, that's where it's that's where it starts and finishes for me. Uh, Kirk Douglas, the famous actor. Oh, that's it. Spartacus. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirk Cameron. Okay, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. No more. Um, so yes, the album Kirk comes out, and it's it kind of like. So this album has been very divisive, and a big part of it is because of the way that it rolled out. The mm. first, the lead single of this of this album is one of my favorite songs of the year. It's one of the best songs of this year. It is simply titled Intro. And it it shows a side of the baby that we have not really heard. So throughout his entire like discography, which we discussed this episode, all those mixtapes from 2018 and stuff from 2017, the the two tapes that he put out, you know, blank blank and baby on baby. It's like the subject matter of the baby is kind of generally the same. It's like you know, it's a lot of like I'm gonna beat your ass, I sell drugs Mm -hmm. i run away on the plug multiple times and then i just find another plug to steal from (laughs) um 
I'm at your girlfriend's house with my feet on the on the table, sitting on the couch. I'm I'm on the Wi-Fi, which that's also such a funny detail when it comes to like you know <laughs> stealing stealing your girl It's like I'm on the Wi-Fi, so it's like I'm I'm hanging out Private. here. She gave me the password. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 also just like he's like you know I'm I'm so comfortable in your home that I have your Wi-Fi password and I use it regularly. I just yeah. like love. I took a Gatorade out of the mini fridge. <laughs> very i mean this is like one of his skills is that he's he's good he's he's able to talk about like very familiar tropes in a fresh and funny and new way which yeah. i think is great but yes there's there's not really you know it doesn't really tend to go deeper than that but on this intro song he was going deeper he's talking about his family and talking about his kind of rise and talking about a really traumatic thing that happened to him which is like when suge kind of like topped the charts on apple music earlier this year yeah he found out you know he was getting a call from the from you know when he found out that he, as he was finding out that he like you know the song of his went number or went went number, platinum or, or yeah. I think yeah went number one on the top of Apple Music yeah. charts or went platinum or whatever he got a call that was like that said his his father had passed away yeah the same the same at the same time and so that and he talks about that whole experience on this song and kind of uses that as a jumping off point to talk very reflectively and very with some insight into like his whole life and his rise and it really is. I think mostly because we weren't really expecting it from him. Mm-hmm. Also combined with the fact that he's so fucking good at rapping and so good at incorporating this kind of subject matter into the familiar tempo that he's like already established yeah. that it kind of just blew everyone away. So let's listen to a little bit of the baby uh, intro. Thinking about my grandmama and shit. I got the number one record. They acknowledge the jit. They going crazy when they play a head bobbing and shit. And I'm just someone fucked up thinking about my father and shit. They found him dead a couple days before I started to the same day. I flew back to the city from Miami. I was out there with the fam just looking at my door. Thinking to myself like, damn, my baby looks just like my dad. Same time I got the news. My shit went number one. That's fucked up. That shit that was confusing a little bit. You know I flew in with the stick. Okay, like, let me know what's up before I lose it in this bitch. And everybody trying to talk. I ain't trying to talk i'm trying to click i'm trying to send somebody with somebody let me know what's happening i last them krk kirk you know i rock behind my dad you know i never gave a fuck about the words it's about my family how the fuck i make it to the top the same day i lost a nigga that had a nigga perform on bet in a year ago couldn't afford a sound i had to move in with tg when i went broke moving out the cash you know about smiling every day for all your fans act like you have i spent a hundred thousand laying my daddy to rest but i ain't brag got some questions i'ma die about respect if i don't get asked my mama stood up in the chest took it like a g when she had cancer my brother be thinking that we don't love him and let him struggle like we ain't fan like i won't give up all i got to see you happy nigga we and I think that it, it seemed like that this was kind of like a direction for the album. It's like, oh, okay, this is like, it, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of like the kind of like old, the old model of like how the the distinction between mixtapes and albums, which I mean, at this point, I think we use all of them interchangeably. I certainly consider them interchangeably. Right. But the idea was that, you know, you use the mixtapes to kind of like just, just get your bars off, you know rap about whatever, but just do it well, make it like stuff that people want to jam to for a little bit. Then your album is for more serious fare. Mm-hmm. This is where you're kind of like, sure. you're kind of going to go dig a little deeper. You're trying to give them, you know, a package, something that you're, you're expecting to last perhaps for a longer period of time. Right. And it really seemed like this album was in that vein. The baby did interviews to that, to that extent. And then when the album actually dropped, um, which is like over a week ago now, it kind of didn't really follow that formula. It seemed to be a lot of the familiar subject matter of that the baby had really kind of already covered in his career and kind of has done in the last several projects. It has a lot of uh, big name features, the, the type of which that, you know, when people are putting together a studio album in 2019 and they're just like working, they're like, okay, who's hot right now? Yeah. Who are, who's noteworthy that I should collaborate with? You got Migos on here. You got Nicki Minaj. Chance. Uh, Chance the Rapper. Um, Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Yeah, so a lot of those familiar faces. There's a few other inspired, I would say, feature selections. Kevin Gates. YK uh, Osiris. YK, yeah. Little Baby. <laughs> Your favorite member of the freshman class. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Little Baby and Moneybag Yo on the, with the baby. You know, for somebody, for, for like for me, I think my initial reaction, I post in the Boosie Fade group, and I generally tend not to give my reaction to albums within the same 24 hours in which they were released. I just don't think it's like, it's not really a, I don't think it's a reasonable method, like way of measuring music is like, I just listened to it. It's this, it's like, that's just, I don't know. But I, yeah. I, I did do that in this case because I was listening to the album and I was like really kind of disappointed in my very first listen. I, I, yeah. I would say first two or three listens. I was like, I was looking for the depth that he showed on intro I was looking for that sound. I was looking for, 
I was looking for something different than what he delivered, and I was kind of disappointed. But then, uh, the more time I spent with the album, I was just like, you know, maybe he didn't do exactly what I wanted to do, but this is still a fucking good album. Yeah. These are good songs. He's a good rapper. He's a great rapper. And, you know, I thought Alphonse uh, Pierre uh, from Pitchfork... I was reading his review of this, and he basically said something that I thought was really smart, where he just said, "Baby has flooded the internet with different iterations of the same song. You know the one. But the important thing, that, but it's important to note, Baby is really good at making that one song. And I think there's a lot of truth into that. You know, I wanted this album to be uh, maybe sort of a bigger step uh, stylistically and to try something a bit new. And I think he does do that. I mm-hmm. just don't think that... Uh, it goes that far. And part of that is what I'm wondering if there's a bit of, you know, this is his second album that he's put out this year, plus all those features. He was featured on like 15 tracks this year. Like mm-hmm. to for someone and to iterate, big the, yeah, big ones. And for someone to iterate that quickly and to grow that quickly, maybe that was an unreasonable assumption to make. I think my biggest problem with this album, and, and I don't, I don't hate it. I, I I think there's definitely some great stuff on here, and I just really enjoy listening to this dude rap. I think that at at once this album kind of suffers from like uh, feature fatigue and sometimes not enough features, if that makes sense. Like I think that there's no features on the first three or four songs of the track, and by that point, the kind of relentlessness and the pace that he raps with. Sometimes I like a feature on a DaBaby track, or I often mm. do, because I feel like it breaks things up a little bit and it gives hmm. it something different. And sometimes when it's paired nicely, it's awesome. Like, I really, really love the song Popstar with Kevin Gates. I think those yes. two dudes complement each other so, so well. I just really like Kevin Gates, period. But bringing him in on this is like, this is exactly what I want. This is such a nice uh, way of, like, how you can take baby's talents and fill in the blanks with something that's stylistically different but still works with his style. Uh-huh. And then on the flip side of that, there was something like Gospel with, you know, that has Chance and Gucci Mane and YK Osiris on it. And that was, to me, an example of, like, a song that I was just like, these four guys aren't meshing at all mm-hmm. in my mind. These four guys are on four different songs. Yes. And, yes. and there's, there's actually stuff that I really like about that song. I really like the beat. I'm like, this is a better beat than on anything on the big day. <laughs> like, this was kind of like the Chance the Rapper type beat that I that I wanted off this uh, this record, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually really like Chance's verse as well. Me too. It's, it's a very good verse. Yeah. I think for me, with Gospel, it's like, I think the baby does great on it. The rest, Chance is great on it. It's like everyone does great in isolation, you know, on this song. Yeah. As a package, I don't like it. I also don't really... I generally don't want to hear a song with three features on it. It's yeah. like, you know, unless it's like a compilation album no, and it's, it's like designed like that. It's just like, sure. that is just too much, too many competing energies on one song for me. And I think, but for me, the production is like on this song is like, it's like a step too far. Huh. It's like, it's just one notch too tugging at the heartstrings and too like kind of like obvious you know, it's like, it's like, this is, it's like the production to me on the song is like, this is a serious song in quotes. It's like, but we're it's, trying to tap into your feelings. It's like, it's just a little bit too much for me by like maybe one or two notches, you know? That's funny. Yeah, I definitely see that. Like this was the song. I'm trying to think of a song that has presented such dark, dark lyrics in such a lighthearted way. Like if you listen to the hook, the uh, baby sings the hook. I, I'm going to read it. It's I lost my dad the same week that they lost Nipsey. Ain't got no love in my heart that shit be empty. Like that's pretty that's a pretty sad sentiment. And then, and, and then but it's on like the most positive, like kind of chance style beat with like and, true. He, and it's the it's like the it's, one of the closest he's ever come to like m- melodic sort of rapping uh-huh. and stuff like that. So it's just kind of I don't know, it's sort of at once I kind of admire it, but I'm not sure if it quite works for me. I know what you mean. It's like intentionally like pulling at the heartstrings yeah, a little bit. Let's let's actually listen to a little bit of gospel by the baby. Yeah, it's like it's like some of the ghetto gospel shit. Oh 
This shit right here sound like some gospel I lost my daddy the same week that they lost Nipsey Ain't got no love left in my heart, my shit be empty I'm ready to fire on all my ops, let a nigga tempt me And the day I die, I bet the John going out in history It's a no-go, I don't want And you. everybody wondering why he come round and don't say nothing. Cause he been so long, he been so long, I came from nothing. Let me buy my shit. I came from shit, three us and my mom, she couldn't pay rent. Two jobs all alone, she couldn't quit. We was home alone when we was chicks. Right before I was grown, before I was on. I ain't had no shoes, I ain't had no clothes. Let me wear your shoes, let me fuck your bitch. I ain't had no car, I ain't had no whip. Wonder why nigga cover his ear when y'all talk, cause it ain't nobody can tell me shit. I spent 30K on my daughter's birthday, everybody had fun, nigga, everybody lit. When a nigga go home, I'll ask my phone, everybody okay. won't leave. Other features that I really liked, I posted about this in the Boosie Fake group this week because I was just like going through this album again and like seeing a lot of the responses where a lot of people were a lot of the the criticism of this album is like oh it's more of the same from him I expected more I'm disappointed I don't want to listen to any more of this like similar style stuff yeah which I I think I kind of I mean I, I wouldn't have gone that far as I don't want to listen to any more of it but it's like when I first heard the album I was kind of like okay like I don't know how much I'm gonna listen to this but in preparation for this episode and just like you know in continuing to live my life I listened to this album more and I'm like there's actually a lot of great stuff here mm-hmm. and i think that one song that really st- stood out to me in terms of like using features well was a song called toes which features a uh, little baby in uh, money bag yo and all three of these guys really 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 kill it on this song yeah i i, I actually like a uh, little baby in money bag yo more on this song i think maybe it's just at this point it's kind of similar to what you're saying it's just kind of like hearing different voices in you know, on a DaBaby project where he's not the, just the star. He's like kind of sharing the spotlight. And mm-hmm. it's almost like he makes other rappers stand out more because you're having a break from his like style, which is great, but also can be pretty monotonous after a while. Um, but yeah, I think just everyone has a really good verse on the song and it's a, it's a pretty fun song. So let's listen to a little bit of Toes by DaBaby. My heart's so cold, I think I'm done with ice Birds. If I leave her, she gon' die Well, bitch, you done with life Okay, then I pull up with no knife Cause I bring guns to fight Boom. Say you got that sack, I got that sack But ain't no ones of mine nope. My little bitch say I'm getting too boozy I don't need like doves of mine All right. What I look like with all them 20s huh? Know them hoes like how I'm coming yeah. What I look like with all this money huh? I look having all these hoes uh. When I crack a smile, white gold Bling. Yeah, I'm talking diamonds, froze yeah. Came from the bottom, toes oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in, baby, a hundred That what they pay me a show Let's go. It's probably some cap in my rap By the time this shit drop, they gon' pay me some more, uh-huh. and I still can go back to the traps in the box, pick it up, make a play at the stove. Feeling still hurt when I say that. <laughs> My heart's so cold, I think I'm done with ice. Birds. If I leave her, she gon' die. Well, bitch, you done with life. Okay. And I pull up with no knife, cause I bring guns to fight. Boom. Say you got that sack, I got that sack, but ain't no one to I mean, mind. to wrap it up, like, you know, I think that this is a good, this is a solid album. Just like Baby on Baby, it was a very good, like a very solid mixtape and blank blank before that and a lot of his other the rest of his career it's not something that like it debuted as the number one album for the for its first week he sold i think one hundred and forty five thousand album equivalents or whatever and (laughs) whatever the fuck that that thing is but like i mean total it's like one hundred forty five thousand first week yeah really good sales it's kind of like something that is ushering him into the the upper echelon of the rap game he's definitely a list right now Mm -hmm. um and I could see why people are disappointed by it for not like kind of diving deeper or kind of being that level of growth that they were maybe expecting or hoping to hear from it. But ultimately, it's still just it's still just a good album, you know. If it didn't, I can understand if it didn't meet your, meet your expectations or you're somebody who's like, I don't really want to listen to more of the same from him. I totally get that. But I think examining it on its own as a rap album, it's like you got to put some respect on it, man. This is just like it's good rap, you know. So if you were the baby's manager, part of his team. What's the next move? I feel like uh, is there, you know, he just like we said, he had an incredibly prolific year and a half. Is 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 the next step for someone at his sort of level right now to continue this relentless pace, or can he can his career kind of sustain the like stepping away for a while at this point and having a quiet year? And then coming back maybe with a, a fresher sort of uh, sound. I think that's exactly what he has to do. He has, yeah. he has to, I mean, he's going on a big tour. He's coming to Toronto, which is exciting. Um, I'm probably not going to go because it's an all ages show and it's at Rebel, which for those of you that don't know is a massive concert venue in Toronto that, um, I mean, it fucking sucks to put it diplomatically. I went, the, the roof <laughs> leaked on my head there once. Oh, wow. That is a show. Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, he needs to he needs to go on tour, 
make his road money, do his shows, kind of get in front of more audiences, hopefully not have his security beat anyone up. This has been a recurring theme in the baby's career. Yeah. Is like his, he has like overzealous security, which I mean, I can understand after this dude get, you know, somebody tried to pull up on him and rob him when he's with his family. Like I can understand like, but his security guard, there's a video of him, of him. There's a video from earlier of his, one of his security guards, like just dismantling this man. He was asking, who's I think asking for an autograph or whatever. And I think that guy's suing. There's that there's a video from a concert of where it appears that the baby's security guard, punches like an a woman in the crowd who mm. i guess was well, i don't know upsetting them somehow and the security guard came out and said he didn't know that he was that it was a woman he just saw somebody like us like kind of like a, a, you know accosting the baby and just like not behaving properly or whatever huh. nevertheless i think you know who knows what the actual case is ultimately it's like you can't fucking do that man you just cannot do that and i feel like the thing with the baby it's like he's such an exciting artist he's got such an interesting narrative he's um, he's really kind of like in a lot of ways the, the total package of what you want in a new rap star. But one thing that he needs to figure out and his management needs to figure out and his security needs to figure out is how to fucking chill out. And uh, we didn't even talk about when he beat up that that other rapper in the jewelry store, Louis Vuitton store this year, Cam yeah. Coldheart. But, um, you know, you can look at this up. You get the idea. The yeah. baby's been in a lot of altercations where he's had to Either he himself has had to fight or his security guards have had to fight. But, you know, when you have this number of incidences, like your luck is going to run out. Like that is not how you can't kind of keep going around torching the world physically and it not like, you know, I mean, we mentioned Suge Knight. Suge Knight got knocked out by a barber, you know, like it's like somebody's your day will come if you kind of keep if you can't keep, you know, matching or accelerating incidences or matching aggression with aggression. It's just yeah. like, it's just not a sustainable way to have a career in the public eye. So I'm really hoping that, you know, before anything, I mean, a lot of drastic things have already happened in his career in this kind of way, but like before anything happens to him, I would hope that his security and management can figure out a way that they can deescalate things. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, so that's, that's it. You know, I, I, I understand once again, I'll say like, it's like, if this is like not someone's cup of tea, I can I can get that. But at the end of the day, it is a good album. Okay, and that's this week's episode of Catch Up. Once again, just wanted to mention that if you're in Toronto or can get to Toronto, you should be in attendance for our first live episode. Ooh. It is Saturday, October 19th at the Rec Room in Toronto. Um, tickets are on sale at therecroom.com. If you go to the entertainment section, uh, click on Toronto, go down to October 19th. You can buy tickets right there. And uh, you should join us for this historic moment and day. Otherwise, catch up with us on Instagram at catchuppodcast. Slide into our DMs. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see us cover. And uh, for those of you that can contribute, please take a visit to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash catchuppodcast. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys very soon. James will be back with us for the next episode. He'll probably have a lot of interesting stories about Vancouver. And I look forward to them. And we hope that you are too. All right. Goodbye. See ya.